In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one man and one woman will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually, Eric Johnson and Emily Jones star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with, and the other one has never seen. I'm Eric Johnson. And I'm Emily Jones. Doctor Who is an extremely long-running British sci-fi show about an alien. Wait, he's actually an alien? Yes, he is. Okay. About an alien called the Doctor who travels through time in a spaceship called the... Now, am I pronouncing this right? TARDIS? TARDIS, that's right. TARDIS, okay. The Doctor saves planets, fights monsters, and sometimes changes history, which to me seems wildly irresponsible. And I've never seen it. First off, you've never seen Doctor Who? Second no. off, yes. <laughs> Second <laughs> off, yes, he's an alien, and yes, it's pronounced the TARDIS. Um, we can get into the uh, responsibility of changing history uh, after, we, after we watch the episodes. But So before, before this, before we've watched the episodes, um, what do you know about the series? You knew, you knew about the TARDIS, right? So... You knew he... So I, you know, I'm a human being who who has the internet in the 21st century. Um, okay, breaking so, news. <laughs> so you know, I know about Doctor Who, and that there have been a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Since and I 1963. Know th- yeah, and I know that the actor keeps changing, and one of them was um, Barty Crouch Jr. So I know right. that David Tennant. And I, you know. People like to Photoshop that blue police box on things and also that weird thing that looks kind of like a tank, but it's, like, Um, (laughs) cone-shaped. That's a Dalek. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So I know that those are things, and I know that there's time involved. Um, That's about it. Okay. So, yeah, so you you had no idea that he was an alien. Literally not. I just thought, you know, there's lots. I figured, you know, he has, like, a special thing that that travels through time. It's kind of like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, but British. Well, I mean, this came first, but yes. Um, yeah, but yeah, still. So, yeah, no. They, they, they weren't they totally aliens, the and they idea. traveled through time with no problem whatsoever. Marty McFly is not an alien. Hermione's let's not, not an alien. Let's plenty not even get people, into the plausibility. I know, let's but not. plenty of people, <laughs> what I'm saying is, plenty of people travel through time with the assistance of some kind of time-traveling device without actually being aliens. Like, right. it's, not, it's not really where your mind necessarily goes. That's Back to the Future documentaries. Yeah, those, those were, you know, eye-opening. Um, okay. So, no, it's, it is a, a hard series to get into kind of above the, the surface level. You do have a lot, of, a lot of the big stuff, which is uh, there have been different doctors over the years. There's the blue box, the TARDIS, which travels through time. It's shaped like a 1960s uh, British police box. Which, which is, is what totally the, inconspicuous in 2014. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you know. I definitely also... Time just, travel, suspension I and disbelief, definitely just box. almost forgot the, the year that we were in. Yeah. Real fast. <laughs> So, yeah, and so there, there's a lot of stuff about the show, though, where there's been this whole rogues gallery of all these villains and also all of these friends over the years, where the Doctor, in addition to the actor changing, he travels with companions. And so, um, w- especially with the, the new series, which... Uh, Audible re- revived... eyebrow raise. <laughs> um, so the, the series uh, was revived in 2005, and that's kind of the, the modern incarn- incarnation of it. I was about to say incantation, uh, incarnation of it. Um, that series, uh, people like to split it up based on the companion, based on the the, the, the non-alien, usually, that, that the Doctor travels with. Sometimes um, it is an alien? 
this is, so I mean, I'm not gonna, this is like Futurama. Uh, sometimes it's a robot dog, you know. Um, so, uh, is it ever a revived dog? Because that would be like Futurama, which would make it better. No, there, there's no, there's no uh, Jurassic Bark. Um, at least not yet. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're going to do that. Okay. Um, that means I'm less likely to cry today, so... Well, we'll see. Uh, so, yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to start. <laughs> this is we'll talk about this later. This the show can go all over the place. It can make you laugh, it can make you cry, it can make you scream in terror. It's great. Um, so we're going to start. Yeah, that totally with... sounded like a like a cheesy line from a trailer that you just <laughs> pulled out. You're welcome. There. Yeah, no, this is this is why I, I don't write for Doctor Who. Is that I? Yeah. Um, so we're going to start with. Uh, I've been going back and forth in my head about this. I was. Really not sure what the best point to start was. I had, like, five different candidates. What we're going to do is going to start at the beginning of Season 3 with two episodes, Smith and & Jones and the Shakespeare Code. And uh, this is the uh, starting with the first episode introducing one of the companions, Martha Jones. And then after those two episodes, we're going to jump later in the season, same season, to an episode called Blink. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, that about sums it up. Are you excited? I suppose I'm excited. I've I've, like... I don't know. I feel like I've seen seen and heard so much like Doctor Who talk in my life that mm-hmm. I guess I guess I I'm a little apprehensive, honestly. Like there's so much um there's so much like mythology and kind of craziness about it that like I don't even know. Right. Well, yeah, this will not answer all of your questions. These three episodes will not answer all of your questions. But this, I think, I I hope this is like a good entry point. So are you about, are you about to sentence me to like three years of binge watching all of Doctor Who once once I watch this? Yeah. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's uh... Goodbye, productivity and social life. As if you were Caveat, if I actually like Doctor Who. And that was mean, by the way. I'm totally <laughs> productive sometimes. I'm making a podcast right now. Okay, fine. Work. Um, all right, so let, let's watch these, and then we'll come back and talk about them. Off to Netflix. Sorry to interrupt the music, but you should know that the rest of this episode contains lots of spoilers for three episodes in Series 3 of Doctor Who. Smith and Jones, The Shakespeare Code, and Blink. So if you haven't seen those, you should pause this and go watch them yourself. At the time of this recording, eh, see what I did there? At the time of this recording, those three episodes can be streamed on Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu, and are also available on DVD. Okay, time for the discussion. Alonzi. We're back, and we've just watched three episodes of Doctor Who, which I strongly suspect you specifically chose because you knew I would like them. Uh, those are actually, I mean, the the last episode is is the classic show this to your friends uh, episode of Doctor Who, the one to get people on board. The first two, I actually, I specifically chose ones that are not considered part some of the best of. Those are kind of very like average. Yeah, but yeah, but they went, but they went back to Shakespeare. Which, Good like, point. And references to Back to the Future and Harry Potter, which I had forgotten, which was which nice. Which is why, which is why I specifically said I think you chose these episodes just so I would like them. If, if you, you can believe I'm, me I'm or highly... don't, believe me or don't, I I did not remember that that episode not only went about Shakespeare but also referenced Marty McFly and and J.K. Rowling. So magic and stuff—that's a surprise. It's all a bit Harry Potter. Wait till you read Book Seven. Oh, I cried. Okay, well, to be fair, actually only the Harry Potter references count, because I've never actually seen Back to the Future. <gasps> Great Scott! That is going on the list. Future episode right there. 
I know, I know. I know enough to, like, reference what happened. You referenced in the intro. You said Back to the Future in the intro. I know, because I know enough to know that Marty McFly is not an alien. Well, okay. But I've never seen the movie. All right, all right, all right. We'll we'll come back. We'll double back to that one. (laughs) Yes, we clearly will. So, uh, yeah, carrying on the theme. So I'll start off with kind of my, I mean, favorite moment. It's a little bit difficult because it's three episodes here. So I'm trying to... Favorite thing about the series, and I think it's something that these um, episodes all represent well in their own way, is the fact that Doctor Who, in, at the end, is about more than just sort of, you know, being the, the physical hero, right? He, he has to be clever in order to win. In every episode, there's sort of this, this need to... Yeah, sometimes, you know, the alien winds up getting shot, as we saw in the first episode. Oh, by the way, spoilers for all three of these episodes. Um, oh, Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've pretty much established that this entire podcast is a giant spoiler alert. Of course. Anyway, so, you know, sometimes, yes, the alien gets shot. Sometimes, there, you know, people do get killed. But, like, at the end of the day, there's always—the solution always has at least some element of either being clever or tricking the opponent or doing something like that. Or, in some cases, uh, maybe not, not as much in these episodes, but in some cases, um, a reflection of sort of the—there's an emotional component of showing compassion as the solution— um, which for a sci-fi show, I just, I really appreciate as something more than just like this person won because they know how to, you know, shoot the best or fight the best or whatever. It, it's, it's really something that I, that I love deeply about Doctor Who is that it feels like a different sort of heroism. Um, so with that, uh, Emily, how about you? Uh, yeah, it's a little more like if it's, it's kind of more like if Giles was, yes, the, <laughs> if Giles the, were the, the hero, character. only all the books were in his head. Cause he seems to just know stuff and not <laughs> actually need to do all of that onerous research that takes up the plot yeah. until it's time to actually fight. Right. Um, so, so yeah, maybe, uh, we go kind of episode by episode, get like, what did you think about, let's start with Smith and Jones, which was, uh, the first episode of season three. Okay. Um, well, I had more general stuff written down. Um, oh yeah, go for it. Whatever you want to, (laughs) yeah. Well, oh no, I'll start with the first episode. Well, and as I said, I obviously, we've already established that I liked this. Cool. Um, I wasn't very happy. I wasn't a hundred percent expecting to, cause I've never really like, Despite being a fan of Harry Potter and Buffy and Angel, I've never been that much of like a more pure sci-fi person. Um, so I thought that I thought I, that's part of why I've never really watched Doctor Who is because it's like there's so much of it, and then it's also like I'm not really sure this would be my cup of tea anyway. It feels daunting, it's kind of like weird alien nonsense. Exactly. Obviously, I didn't know it was aliens. Um, but no, I feel like it's really well done. Um, so in the first episode. Um, I, it was, it was pretty obviously like a, like a, like chemistry establishment between him and this new companion, Mm -hmm. even though he's obviously dealing with like, whatever happened to the last one. Right. (laughs) Um, so which obviously I'm going to have to go back and find out now. Yeah. Um, but no, I think I like the way that they, that they kind of carried that off well, where it's like, he totally recognized like pretty quickly, like, oh, she, she thinks in this weird way where she's like not totally phased by this and she's using logic in this crazy situation. She gets it. Um, yeah, she gets it. Exactly. Or like, I think I wrote down somewhere as I was watching this, like she gets it. Or even if she doesn't get it yet, like she's, she's thinking right. Like she's right. doing the right kind of thinking, like in order to get it. There's, there's um, that one point so where I the like... doctor, like where he's talking to Martha and then her coworker who's like freaking out more. And he says like, we might die. We might not. Good. Come on. Not her. She'd hold us up. <laughs> 
which is sort of yeah. he's, he's he's willing to just cut cut the rope when he realizes someone does not have the, the the instinct or what have you. Yeah, he's also apparently a pretty good kisser for an alien, so <laughs> that seems that seems pretty solid. Um, but actually, I guess most of my comments were from the later episodes. Although okay, let's like jump to those too. Um, so, uh, okay. First, I've got I've got two I've got two kind of bones to pick. And yeah, they might be specific to the second episode. I don't know how much I, I will they answer... apply to the rest. I don't know how much they apply to the rest of the series. Okay. But my first thought, as the second episode, as the Shakespeare Shakespeare's code, the Shakespeare code yeah. was was unfolding. Um, was like, oh boy, we've got a little bit of the murder she wrote going on right now. <laughs> like, they just traveled back to Shakespeare's time to go on like a date, I guess, to a Shakespearean play at the time. And like, oh wait, there happen to be like evil witches doing crazy stuff. And if they don't fix it, right. it's going to end the human race. Like, casual, <laughs> just fell into a mystery. You know, like, they could have gone at any point during Shakespeare's lifetime, and instead they chose, like, the particular day when crazy witches... There is an answer to this. Do do, do you want to know? Um, I kind of do, because, like, if the show is just going to be, you know, a more attractive version of Angela Lansbury wandering around and being like, oh, look, somebody died. Okay, so there is... I definitely didn't kill them, but I can figure it out. Uh, on, on the surface level, there's boring. definitely a lot of that. There's definitely uh, some sort of like Buffy. There's there's some case of the week stuff, right? Where it just oh, it just happens that they're in the right place at the right time well, to solve the and mystery. And I don't, I don't mind case of the week. I the, it's the second part of what you said that that I mind that like you know at least it's it's a little weak, but like at least in Buffy there is the like there's the Hellmouth, so like. It somehow attracts evil things. There's also a plot like... explanation in this. So oh, okay. something that was not touched on in these episodes is that the TARDIS is also an alien. It's also a living, sentient being. Yeah. What? <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing this conversation over video chat, so it's not coming through in the podcast, but your expression right now is amazing. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so the TARDIS is also alive and sentient. And so um, she's able to send the doctor where he's needed in some ways. She, she's able to basically exist throughout all of time. And and if the doctor's trying to get to one place, sometimes she completely diverts him and sends him someplace else because he's needed more there. Um, so there's that's kind of the plot Whoa. explanation. Yeah. Um, so it's so it's kind of like um, it's kind of like those visions that they stopped paying attention to after the first season of Angel. Yeah, exactly. There, there's sort of a Deus Ex Machina element to it, and so you notice in the Shakespeare Code actually when they walk out, the Doctor's looking around and he's guesstimating. Oh, and this is London. I think so. Right about um, fifteen. 99. He actually isn't sure. He doesn't know. He didn't type in 1599 into the computer the way that you do in Back to the Future, even though you don't know that. But that's something that in Back to the Future, you choose a specific time. Uh, The TARDIS, on the other hand, is kind of more of a subjective, you know, uh, it's it's able to uh, override. It's more, it's got a, it's got a powers that be kind of situation. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. So, um, and there's some, once you get deep into the series, once you kind of. um, So criticism abolished. (laughs) Once you get, once you get deeper into the series there is a fantastic episode with uh the next doctor the 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 11th doctor which gets into like um it just gets into the character of the tardis and it's one of my absolute favorites from the series but you have to watch a lot more before you can watch that (laughs) that's homework for you yes sir okay next criticism um okay so my other my other kind of issue is like i don't know i feel there's like they don't even try a little bit to like 
fit in. I mean, she she makes a comment where she's like, Oh, but hold on. Am I all right? I'm not going to get carted off as a slave, am I? Why would they do that? Not exactly white, in case you haven't noticed. I'm not even human. Just walk about like you own the place. It works for me. And he's like, oh, no, just walk around like you own the place in your tight flare jeans <laughs> and your tank top and your high-heeled boots. Which Shakespeare is that's super into. Go, Shakespeare is really into Oh, that. I know. Shakespeare, which, like, I, I have a whole other issue with Martha. <laughs> and, like, who, doesn't, who doesn't make out with Shakespeare given the opportunity? Like, come on. Um, but anyway, my, my point, though, is... Um, you know, he's like, oh, just walk around like you own the place and you'll be fine. And I literally wrote in all caps in my notes, male privilege. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. fine. You know, his his like three-piece suit is totally a, a contemporary style for mm-hmm. us. But it's also really not that far off of various ways that men have dressed throughout history. Mm-hmm. Whereas she, like to their eyes, yeah. would look like, I don't even know, all kinds of horrible things. And would definitely not just be like, oh, chill. This woman's just walking around, like, not remotely adequately covered up and also wearing pants. You're actually getting at, I think, one of Legit. the... No, I think that, that one's, that's totally a fair criticism. And you're getting at, I think, I'd say probably the biggest weakness of Doctor Who, once you get over the suspension of disbelief of all of the crazy sci-fi stuff. Um, I think the biggest issue for... Uh, We're just ignoring suspension of disbelief. Yeah. That's... Um, it's suspended. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. No, I think one of the biggest uh, issues the show has is actually male pl- privilege or something along those lines. Um, unlike, say, Buffy, where there's a mix of male and female writers, most of the writers for Doctor Who are male. And so far, to date, all the Doctors have been white British men. And that's actually been something that's been a big, big topic of, of deep discussion online because just recently, you, know, you can stop anytime you want. Um, just recently, there's been a uh, they, they recently changed the doctor again, and so people were saying, yes. "Now is a great opportunity. Let's let's have um, you know." There were rumors that Idris Elba was talking, or they're saying, "Oh, let's have a woman doctor." Um, and you know, and there's there are rumors that Idris Elba is going to be Bond too, and like yeah. I can't even, ex- and he's already said he wouldn't want to do it because he doesn't want to be, like, the first black Bond. That's, supposedly he like, said the same thing about Doctor Who. He didn't want to be the black Doctor. But completely independent of that consideration, he would be such a good James uh, yeah. Bond. He's got all of it. He'd be good at like, whatever he wants to. Anyway. Ah, so sorry. The, the, the point Tangent. is, though, that the show, the star, the Doctor, has always been this very homogeneous guy. Um, the most they've done to change it over the years is they changed his age a lot. So he's, you know, we're watching David Tennant, who's like, I think in his 30s, early 30s in the, this, these episodes. Um, Young and pretty. Yeah, so when the show first started, the Doctor, for a couple for a couple Doctors, for a couple of them, was old. He was, you know, he started out as like Grandpa, and uh, then the next version was also kind of a Grandpa figure. And now they've actually jumped back to that with the most well, recent Doctor, is Peter Capaldi. I was going to say the new one... Peter Capaldi. Yeah, I was going to say that Peter Capaldi is like a bit older compared to David Tennant and Matt Smith, exactly. who both who both fall into the young and pretty category. Yeah. Let's be real. Matt Smith was was the youngest ever Doctor. He was twenty six when he started, so that makes us oh. feel unaccomplished. Yeah. Um. So he. I do feel unaccomplished now. <laughs> yeah. So he 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 he's yeah. Uh. So he was the youngest, and now um yeah. But Peter Capaldi is back to kind of being kind of more middle aged, and so um. But that's like the most so they've the show's done. Not ageist, but but it mm. might be a little bit sexist and racist. Yes. Cool. Now, Good to know. To be fair, the the counter argument to that, the to be fair paragraph here, is that with companions they have tried to uh, to change things up frequently, where uh, where they've tried to have you know people from all you know ages, races, sexes, everything. Um, some human, some robot, you know. Uh, and so uh, yeah, casual robot. Yeah, you know. 
And so the the thing there, yeah, I think is kind of like it really depends on an individual episode's writers as to whether or not that works. Because you look at an episode like Smith and Jones, right? And you have a lot of stuff about Martha Jones and her family and her life. Yeah, that episode was really great. And she was very much, like, fleshed out right. as as a character as opposed to just, like, you know. Well, and Shakespeare coach is more the, the side, object. The yeah. sidekick. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, and then in Blink, you have Carrie Mulligan. Um, and uh, and I, I know, which I, okay, yeah. sorry, going to interrupt <laughs> Go here. For it. And also, my next comment is about Blink. But I, I love pre and education british tv ubiquitous carrie mulligan <laughs> like i before that movie came out she was in um she was in bleak house which was on the list okay. uh and she was in a bunch of other stuff too and like all these um you know if you're somebody like me who watches a lot of the period period uh dramas you know they tend to be miniseries um that are usually bbc and they come out on the in the u.s on masterpiece um <laughs> Right around that time, in like the the early to mid two thousands, the like two thousand four to seven range, yeah. uh, my dad, who watches these things with me, and I started noticing like there was this girl, and she was in all of these things, mm-hmm. and it was always the same one. She, and we started like we didn't even know her name, but we started referring to her as the girl who's in everything. <laughs> and then she showed up at the Golden Globes that year, and we were like, oh my god, it's the girl who's in everything. <laughs> so I was really excited knowing that this episode was from like around two thousand seven. I was really excited when like the episode opened. It was like oh. Oh my god the girl is and everything this was right at the start when she was crossing over into big exactly. big mainstream roles exactly. yeah. and this is like i think bleak house was in 2006 it's like right around the same time mm-hmm. um and the and she's also um she's also in the uh the kira knightley version of pride and prejudice which is not the version we'll be watching for this okay it's terrible okay <laughs> but in the, and that move that came out in like 2000 seven or something like right around there yeah and she wasn't she's like the most minor sister mm. like of all of all the bennett sisters she is the one who is the least a person okay <laughs> in that movie um so like that's just like i now she would probably be jane or something wait like. she's been in like she was in inside lewin davis she was in the i didn't see it but the great gatsby movie they made with leo dicaprio i think she was daisy buchanan uh-huh. in that. she was in she was in shame with michael fassbender and the for the thing that really kicked it off though was this movie and education which i still haven't seen yeah but she was nominated for an oscar for that i think huh, wow for an education yeah anyway back back to aliens yeah, and time travel now. right so yes blink um no i was actually this was another one of my sort of misconceptions about doctor who coming in which not even a misconception really just like of me being a jerk and not looking into it um i was kind of worried the whole like okay you know it's a time travel show so like i was kind of worried it was just going to be a lot of like going back in time and being in funny costumes yeah. and like, oh, ha, ha, let's make a joke about how I don't fit in because it's a different time period or whatever. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they don't even bother to put costumes on when they go back in time. Yeah. But <laughs> I was really, really excited about Blink because, like, that that kind of, um, that kind of like, weird, it doesn't make sense. Well, and this happened actually in the first one as well. Yeah. When she ran, he ran into her in the street and she was like, what is this? And it was because he was proving that he could travel in time. Right. Um. Anyway, but that that whole thing where it's all, like, nested inside itself and, like, she runs into him in the street and none of it's happened yet, but it's a year later and she gives him the stuff and that's the only – like, that whole thing. I love – I love – that's, like – Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Yes. <laughs> People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Started well, that sentence. It got away from me, yeah. 
Yes, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. That's like to me. That's like the way to do time travel. Like I like that kind of. I like that kind of like. You know, screws with your mind only works if all of it has happened, even though not all of it has happened yet. Right. I mean, that's the reason that the third Harry Potter movie remains one of my favorites, is because they do they do that sequence of um, from the time they're in Hagrid's cottage mm-hmm. until they're in the uh, in the what is it called in the um, infirmary when they they do that twice. And it's like, those two things are so totally interlocked. You hear like the the rock breaks the pot on the window. Exactly. And then like later on she sees the same rock and she's like, Whoa, Um, it's, I think it's actually a fossilized like snail shell kind of. Okay. But I actually, I actually, and this is an apocryphal thing to say, like I actually like that sequence in the movie better than the book. Yeah because they do that so so well and they like perfectly loop the time together and this was the same kind of thing mm-hmm. so i was like really excited it's like oh good we're gonna do like weird time tri- what, what was it wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff go. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean I, I i should warn that not every episode is gonna be like blank there's a lot more that are like shakespeare fine. code where they go one place and they they solve it solve a mystery but then yeah there's plenty that really i mean yeah that's something that the show does well is that it it does treat time as this as this thing that can be flexible. Um, and so there's, yeah, at the start when we were talking about, oh, the Doctor sometimes changes history, and you said, oh, I'm not sure if that's good or not. I'm glad I'm glad he changed history so we all stayed alive after 1599. Yeah, I appreciate that. Exactly. That, that's what I mean. Stuff Personally, like that. Personally, as a person alive in 2014, I, I can get on board with that. And there, there's, uh, I, I don't know if I should, should tell you about it or not. I'm not sure if it's like if the surprise of it is too... Okay, there, there's there's one where the doctor goes to Pompeii on Volcano Day. I'll I'll, I'll say that much. And yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. Um, that sounds scary. Yeah, because like you might get frozen. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So basically, the the ability of the doctor to change Is it really frozen. I guess it's more. Well, you're kind of you're you're preserved. Fossilized. I guess fossilized. Kind of like kind of like the statues in the creepy <laughs> the creepy angel statues in blink they were the scariest thing i think i even texted you like oh i, did, I didn't see that this, oh yeah i definitely I, I texted you to be like can we record this at such and such a time and then i was like also these angels are the scariest because <laughs> they are so creepy I, I warned you sometimes it's really funny sometimes it's sad sometimes it's really scary that's kind of that's one of the best things about this show I'm um, not going to any cathedrals with gargoyles anytime soon. I know. Because if I do, I'm just going to be like, I'm staring at you constantly. Look at me. I'm not blinking. I'm not blinking. <laughs> the angels are coming for you. But listen, your life could depend on this. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. They are fast. Faster than you could believe. Don't turn your back. Don't look away. And don't blink. I, on my way to work, and when I'm walking to work in San Francisco, there's uh, an, a, a house along the way where there's a statue that's not an angel, but it's got big, creepy, empty eyes. And it's obviously trying to kill. Well, you. no. So, so I walked past it, and you know, I walked past it dozens of times. I've looked at it, and I thought, like, oh yeah, that's creepy. It's, it's like the angels from Blink. And one time I was walking past, and it wasn't there. I was just because it's obviously trying to kill you. I, I just was like, okay, nope. This is this is not cool. It was funny at first. Not funny anymore. Um, and then it turns out they were just moving it temporarily for a cleaning thing. It was back the next day. But that sounds like such a false story. It's not even real. What do you mean? Not that not that your story is false. That the that they moved it temporarily to clean I was see, false. I it see. totally went on a it totally went on a murder by time travel spree. Yeah, I don't know. Clearly. Very possible. 
Um, anyway, uh, so then, yeah, so with these three episodes, uh, like I was saying, I was going back and forth about the best place to introduce, um, there's, I, I think if you do want to keep on going with Doctor Who, you should actually probably go back to season one, episode one. I'm sorry to say. I will. I will. So that episode is Rose. I'm a good, I'm a good binge watcher like that. Okay. <laughs> You're a responsible binge watcher. Um, yes. Responsible at the binge watching, maybe not responsible at anything else I should be doing while watching. So, so that episode is, is Rose, which, uh, you may have, uh, heard Dr. mention mention the name Rose there. A few hundred thousand times. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, that's the, um, he seems a little shook up effect. Yeah. Effective. Yes. Um, it, I just really hope that whatever happened with her doesn't like totally, you know, turn him off of Martha's charms forever. Cause she's <laughs> obviously so super into him. <laughs> Meanwhile, he literally lay there staring her, staring at her in the face, saying, "The answer's there, and it's staring me in the face." There's something I'm missing, Martha. Something really close, staring me right in the face, and I can't see it. Rose had known. A friend of mine, Rose, right now, she'd say exactly the right thing. Don't ruin this love story. I, I'm, 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 Sherlock Holmes. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying to you. I'm not saying to you. I'm talking to the creators, some of whom I know are the same as Sherlock. And I was going to say, yes. don't ruin this love story just because Sherlock is a sociopath who can't actually connect with humans. So it, it's really interesting that since I started you on three Martha episodes, among like the, the, the binging fans among myself, Martha is actually one of the less well-liked companions. People love Rose, and they love Amy, and some of them, not me, love Donna. Um, so uh, I'm really curious. Donna from the West Wing? Donna from the West Wing is the no, best! No, it's uh, Donna uh, who played, I forget the name of her character, on The, the Office. She's the British redhead who was, uh, who was on The Office. Um, oh, I've never seen The British Office. Or, sorry, she, on The American Office, she was the British character. Um, the one who came in. Nellie, she played Nellie on The Office. Um, okay, that's some portion of The Office I haven't seen. Later seasons. Anyway. Um, yeah, so so that's sort of the... Uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see so you how you respond me... uh, to, to, to Rose and, and to the other companions, since Martha so was your first. you started me off liking Martha, and you're telling me that I'm not going to like Martha anymore? No, I, 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 like, I like Martha fine. I'm just saying... I like Amy. Oh, everybody else doesn't like Martha. I'm saying I like Amy Pond above all else. She is amazing. You have to wait till season five to get to her, though. <laughs> okay. I also I'm I'm curious to know why you picked um why you picked David Tennant episodes because I know that there's a lot of debate out there over like who is the best and which doctor. No debate. Do we like? my mind. David Tennant is the, is the best doctor, but I will say I like both Christopher Eccleston, the ninth Doctor who came before, and Matt Smith who came after. I don't I don't dislike either of them at all. I, th- I think they are both uh, really great picks in their own way. And that's something that is also really interesting if you go through and watch a lot more of the show, is the fact that even though they uh, keep the core character of the Doctor, who he is, what he does, the TARDIS, they keep a lot of them the same, they're not afraid to actually change the character over time. They do let him evolve, and they often use... His, his his regeneration, his his changing his person um, as an excuse for that, so that each doctor has a different personality. So is that also, so that's a thing that has an explanation. It's not like James Bond where it's like, 
all of a sudden it's George Lazenby. No, it, 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 it has an explanation. Um, okay. Although you, you've heard the conspiracy theory about James Bond, right? Or kind of the, or the fan theory about that. Oh, the idea that he's a um, that it's a it's a code name, right. um, and he's actually a different sequence of guys, and they just happen to have really similar personalities. That James Bond because... is a fake name. 007 is just a right. shared code number. Yeah, which I, I kind of I like that in a certain way. But no, Doctor Who it's actually explained. I like it, except that. There are also other double O agents. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I have issues with it. But anyway. Um so I'm willing I'm willing to just be a sheep and blindly accept like that it's played by a different actor now, but it's still the same dude. Well, it started also, off the, as like a you know, plot contrivance thing. It started off where with the first doctor, the one in the sixties. Oh, I was sorry, I was talking about James Bond. Oh, oh, oh but yes, yes. Continue with the doctor. Well, I actually no, I was gonna say it's, it's similar to Connery. No, it's actually very similar to Connery. Is the uh, the first doctor, the one who started in nineteen sixty three, after a certain number of years. He got tired and said, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm, I'm done. Um, and, As you do. And so then they just wrote in an episode where he, he dies and then regenerates into a different body. And then show goes on. Wait, somebody actually, and this is this is a slight amount of cheating, I guess, on my part. But I actually told someone that I was doing this, that I was doing this podcast. And somebody was making, my friend was making me watch um, Doctor Who. Making you. And, yeah, really twisting my arm and um yeah from across from across the country (laughs) um but they uh my friend was saying that um they like when they first did that they like specified a number of times he could do it or something and that they've now reached that number they they, they said there's a limit they said there's a limit there's 12 regenerations and they've now uh they've now written around it a little bit yeah (laughs) oh so they did they did they at least acknowledge oh yes they kind of they kind of mess that the, up. The, the show. Uh, another thing which which I like about it is that it'll it'll set rules and then it'll break them early and often. Rule number one is the doctor lies. You'll see if you if you watch more. It doesn't really sound all that good the way I describe it. Um, like I said, there's a reason I don't write for Doctor Who. As long as they acknowledge it, though, I guess I can accept it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then uh, I guess so, so. You think you're gonna gonna start start from the beginning? You think you're gonna watch start with season one? Yeah, I'm totally about to go do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before you start your, your your next binge, what are we going to be doing next time? I think that we are going to stick with British TV Ooh. and also somewhat weird sci-fi British TV okay. um, in its way and go with The Avengers. The Avengers, which Not, has nothing to do with the Marvel. Nothing to do with Marvel whatsoever. Okay. And despite the fact that they did release a movie in the early 2000s, also nothing to do with that movie because it was literally the worst thing. Okay. This is a um, 1960s did, British TV show. Yes, okay. a 1960s British TV show. Yeah, we, we are just, stars, all, all the British stuff, we are just on a roll. Just knocking out all the Brits. Um, it starts, uh, it stars Patrick McNee um, in, throughout it, and then um, he has actually three different, they never really give them a name, so we'll go with companions since we're watching <laughs> Doctor Who. Yeah. The first one was actually Honor Blackman, mm-hmm. oh, who from... left the show, left the show to play Pussy Galore on, um, on, in Goldfinger. Uh, Goldfinger. Uh, and then the second one is um, Diana Rigg, mm-hmm. who nerds today will know as Elena Tyrell, <laughs> um, which actually I find that really entertaining because uh, there's – I'm sure you've seen this online, this whole thing about, like, this is the person playing Natalie Dormer's grandmother mm-hmm. and, like, crazy, whatever. Now look at this picture of her from when she was young and hot. <laughs> look, she kind of looks like Natalie Dormer. Right. And I'm just like, that was my first exposure to Diana Rigg was, like <laughs> – yeah. As and honestly, I couldn't even tell you the name of the third one, um, hmm. who replaces Diana Rigg. I've never seen those episodes. Okay, so, so we're watching Diana Rigg episodes. We're we're specifically we're specifically focusing on Steed Steed and Peel. 
So okay. John Steed is Patrick McNee. Mrs. Peel is uh, is Diana Rigg, and it's wonderful. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully you think so, too. <laughs> no, I am. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, so, yeah, until next time, where else can we find you online? I am on Twitter at EJ Reports. And I'm on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ. This has been... Hey, we have the same initials. Yeah, fancy that. <laughs> Never occurred to me at all. No. Nope, definitely not. Uh, so this is Giant Geek versus Mega Noob, and we are signing off. Farewell. This has been Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. For more, visit GVNpodcast.com. Podcast.com.